we've been walking through this series uh, talking about peace on earth and ultimately the passage that that title comes from is a moment of incredible worship and praise by a bunch of angels in front of shepherds. Luke 2.14 says, glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. We've been talking about peace on earth this month and uh, looking at different elements of the Christmas story. Today we're going to take all of them together and really process this story of Jesus' birth and celebrate what God has done for us so that we can have peace. The Christmas story is a story of, of peace coming to earth and and what a fulfillment of so many years of uh, prophets declaring peace would come to earth forevermore and that mankind would have access to peace through the Prince of Peace. And today we're celebrating that and we're honored that he came to join us here. Our big idea today is there's peace for you this Christmas. And maybe your life looks kind of like this image uh, for the series, you know, the trees tipped over, but yet there's peaceful snow. I don't know where you're at. You feel like your life is the tree right now and everything's a wreck and you've been thrown out and it's just like, Ugh. or maybe you feel like the sereneness of the snow filling amongst that street light. To me, that's like, uh, I've mentioned it early on in the series, but to me, that's the, the picture of peace, a snow falling through a street light onto just an undisturbed white blanket of snow. There's something incredibly peaceful about that to me. And I don't know where you're at, but there's good news. We can all have peace today. Jesus has brought peace for all of us if we will accept that gift of peace. No greater time to hear this good news. Uh, maybe you're feeling unsettled. There's peace for you this Christmas. Maybe you're absolutely tired of the polarized political <laughs> that's everywhere. There's peace for that too this Christmas. Uh, if you are nervous about your marriage, there's peace for you this Christmas. If your parenting is kicking your tail, you're just like, this, what am I doing, right? Where's the owner's manual and why doesn't it work? There's peace for you this Christmas. If you can't take one more Hallmark Christmas movie, there is peace for you this Christmas. Anyway. Is there a Hallmark Christmas movie where nobody gets the girl? I don't know. I was just wondering, nobody gets a date. In the end of it, it's just like, well, eh, another year. You know, I don't know. It doesn't happen that way. It'd be entertaining, though. I'd be like, yes, there's no guy number two. Uh, I'll never forget my first Christmas after choosing to follow Jesus. 1993, I chose to follow Jesus in June. It was June 6, 1993. I 21 years old, and... Uh, my first Christmas was coming, and I was discovering what is this whole thing. You know, I had said, hey, I'm going to uh, invite Jesus into my life, follow him as my Lord and Savior, believe that he came and, came and gave his life, lived a perfect life, went to the cross, gave his life for me. And uh, so I was in this mode of Christmas, like this is the first Christmas I am celebrating the birth of a Savior, my Savior. And so I was totally into all the elements of the Christmas story. 
And I don't know if you've done that, if you've just been intrigued and just all in. See, my life was in chaos prior to that, and, and, and I was just still sorting things out at that point my first Christmas. I was realizing just how far away from God I was and how much of my world was changing. And uh, my car kept breaking down. It wasn't yet like I was in tons of debt that was actually... Uh, I, I remember a moment where I looked at all the bills and I couldn't pay my rent and I just broke down crying that Christmas. And uh, even deeper surrendering to Jesus. That's like the Christmas I surrendered my finances to the Lord and said, I need your help. I'm trying to do this on my own. It ain't working. And uh, that was a hard Christmas, but a beautiful Christmas. It was like he came into the mess and gave me a peace that I could not describe. And I'm praying that each of you can find that. Because Jesus, even in this story, when we look at truly the context of Jesus coming to this earth, he came right among, he, it, it caused a mess. And it was a mess. And it gives us the confidence to trust in God today for his promise of peace. Because life is messy. It's real. And we have an opportunity to get through it with a comforter, with Jesus. And uh, so we want to take time to walk through the scriptures. <clears throat> Not all of them, uh, but close to all of them that involve the elements of the birth of Jesus. And, and really uh, within two focuses. And, and the first key I see for us to experience peace this Christmas is, is our first thought. We've got to choose to follow God's lead. Choose to follow God's lead. Let me introduce some characters here. And uh, first, Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth, are uh, relatives of Mary, the mother of Jesus, that we'll meet in a second. Uh, you'll, you'll, they'll be in the first story we'll read from Scripture. He was a priest, and he was serving his, his time as a priest, and he goes in to, to give the... the ceremonial offering ultimately in the presence of the Lord and, and there haven't, hasn't been a revelation or a prophecy or a visitation from God for generations and all of a sudden an angel of the Lord shows up to him and tells him that in his old age, they, him and his wife were considered to be righteous but they had no children and in their old age they were going to have a child and that he was supposed to name him John and he would prepare the way for Jesus, the savior of the world, the prince of peace to come into the world and he was like uh, you know, we're a little old. You might not notice my age, but I don't know if everything's going to work, right? And uh, the angel was like, oh, since you don't believe, you won't be able to tell anybody about this until the baby is born, but you're to name him John. He's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And you're going to raise him up as like a, a, a wholesome. You're not going to let his lips taste wine. You're going to keep him set apart because he's going to live as a Nazarene. He's going to give his life so that he could prepare the way for the Savior of the world. So it's like, what an incredible promise. He was actually the first one to hear about Jesus coming. Promises of prophets for generations uh, and generations ago that he knew very well were about to come to pass and he couldn't tell anybody because he didn't willingly follow God's lead initially when the angel said what was going to happen. He doubted. But on the contrast, Mary. Let's read Luke 1. It says in verse 26, 
in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, so that's Zechariah and Elizabeth, so now she's six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So she, in contrast to Zechariah, is so willing. She's like, let it happen. God, you lead me and I will follow, right? How long was it? I wonder in that conversation, before she recalled the words of the prophet Isaiah that said the savior of the world would be born of a virgin. They had studied it in their childhood. She had to have been aware of this, that his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. I think it's Isaiah 7, 14. And they had to have learned this as children. She had to have thought, oh, I'm the one. I'm the one. She was being called upon. Well, let's see if Joseph had the same reaction. Matthew 1, another author recording this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says in verse 18, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son. You are to name him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. Took Mary as his wife. So Joseph as well follows God's lead, right? He's like, okay. I mean, he thought of leaving her. He thought of not disgracing her, in fact, the punishment for those who would uh, get pregnant out of wedlock in that day could even be stoning, excommunication from the community. It was pretty bad. So to leave her quietly might have preserved a little of her, uh, her character, but mostly his character, right? He was trying to 
preserve his own character. Leave her quietly so that maybe I won't be drugged into this mayhem, this chaos of her being pregnant. We talked a lot about this and its realities last week. You could always pull that up on your app or online. But man, can you imagine like Joseph when she first came to him? How how could she think I would buy such a story? I'm a virgin, but I'm pregnant, Joseph. Really? All right. You know what? It's been generations since Isaiah said the Savior would come by way of a virgin. Like, so how would you buy this story? I don't know. Uh, we had it all planned, our life together. But now everything just gets messed up in a moment. But they willingly surrender. Joseph, just like Mary, follows God's lead. God sent the angel to guide them, and they follow. Now, side thought. We don't see anything here about the angel saying, hey, and, and uh, keep it a secret. Right? You don't hear, keep this on the down low until Jesus comes about. We'll cause a ruckus. Everybody will know then. We, we don't see this. Uh, but imagine... If Mary had a best friend, if Joseph had some boys that he was, you know, he's got his boys, how do you explain it? <laughs> Just to put yourself in that moment. I was thinking about this this week. Uh, so, yeah, um, guys, something I was going to share with you. So Mary's, pre- Mary's uh, with child, right? You, you, they couldn't tell anybody. Everybody would just go, Joseph, how could you? Because then they're going to drag both of them outside the city. They couldn't tell anybody. They did have one little note from the angel Gabriel that Elizabeth was in her sixth month. So they did go to Zechariah and Elizabeth. At least they had somebody safe. They could go share what was happening in their life. Their life was just flipped upside down in an instant. But they were all in. And so they went, packed up their stuff, and made a visit with Elizabeth and Zachariah. And I won't read that whole moment. You can later. But what happened is they show up, and even in just the presence of Mary, with baby Jesus inside the womb, and Elizabeth with John the Baptist inside the womb, the moment they came into voice contact, their babies started doing some leaping and jumping and, and John the Baptist was like, you know, going crazy and like something, the Holy Spirit was doing something in between those, those womb mates, right? It was like womb bros. They were, they were having a little moment there by the power of the Holy Spirit. Kind of an interesting text to read, but it was a supernatural moment. A huge affirmation to Mary and Joseph. Because you have to be the whole time going, okay, we're going along with this. I'm going to believe it. But maybe that was the first moment they had that affirmation of peace. Because Elizabeth goes into this whole, oh, great are you, the mother of the Lord moment. And, And it was like, what? But fast forward a few months, John is born. Zechariah gets to the moment where Elizabeth gives birth to the boy and, and, and they're trying to figure out the town comes together. They're like, you got to be named after your father. And there's this whole moment. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's going to be named John. And they're like, well, who is John? And why would you name the boy John, right? He's like, well, and all of a sudden he could speak because he was faithful. 
And he went back and he followed the lead of God and said, I'm going to name him John. He's going to be set apart for the use of the Lord. He's going to prepare the way. He actually went into a moment of worship. And he started singing a song. And, and so part of that lyric in verse 76 of Luke 1 says, You, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way of the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Wow. All on a song. Now, Zacharias, following God's lead, right? He named the baby John as the angel had challenged him. His mouth is open. He can worship God. And it's the first moment we see that whole path of peace in place. John would prepare the way for the public ministry of Jesus, which wouldn't happen for 30 years, but he was ready. He was on mission as a baby. The drama of the Christmas story it's kind of crazy, and it doesn't end there. Imagine you're Joseph, and, you know, you got this pregnant virgin wife, and guys, maybe you've done this before. Maybe you said you did something, and you didn't do something. Joseph messes up the Airbnb. He doesn't hit submit. It's not reserved. What am I talking about? Well, we'll read it. Luke 2, verse 1. At the time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken through the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius, there's a name, there's a name right there, was governor of Syria. Uh, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for him. Yeah, can you imagine... Uh, I don't care if you're the mother of Jesus. I bet she had some words with Joseph, right? You find me a room. I don't care. Can you just imagine, you know, the little, little, little shepherd kids like off to the distance and they're like, don't worry, we're just having a disagreement, <laughs> you know? It's like uh, Mary and Joseph signed up for re-engage after this. It's our marriage ministry. Helps you live in oneness. I hope you sign up. Okay, anyway, uh, it was this moment. We're not fighting. We're just working through things. And this moment happens where they can't find a room. They end up in a manger. The most humble, disgraceful, ultimately, of situations. To be amongst the animals that are unclean. Jesus comes right into the mess of our world. And he's born in a manger? How can we experience peace this Christmas? Trust that God gets wherever we're at. It doesn't matter where we are. 
whether we're as far dirty and messed up as a manger scene or, or, or whether we're on top of the world and feel like, I just got it. I don't need Jesus where I'm at. I've done it all myself. Wherever we are in the spectrum, there's still peace for you. There's still an opportunity to choose to follow God's lead by putting your faith in Jesus, by embracing a life following and growing in relationship with him. Now we, we have scripture. We don't need an angel to visit us. We can download the Bible app and, and read it wherever we're at, listen to it while we're driving on our commute. Uh, you know, the reality is choosing to follow God is, is in some ways we can just take it for granted in our country because we have access to, to understand who Jesus is. But we're, we look at these stories of people like Zechariah and Mary and Joseph over 2,000 years ago and go, man, how hard would it have been them, for them to find peace in the Christmas story? But now that we have their story, really, how easily should we be able to embrace peace? To reach out and grab a hold of it and follow God and follow his lead with our life. We can't earn it. We can just accept the fact that there's a promise that forever Jesus brought peace then. And now we have access to it. So the second key to finding peace this Christmas is, is to keep pursuing God. The story unfolds even farther in the Gospels through additional characters and stories around the birth of Jesus. And, and Luke 2, 8, uh, 20, we get this encounter of uh, these shepherds. It says, the, that night... There were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the, the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And, and they were terrified. But the angels reassured them, don't be afraid. Because they always have to tell people that. Because it must have been terrifying to see an angel show up. Uh, I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Now, when the angels had returned to heaven... All of a sudden, it's once again a silent night. After that moment, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone, what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds weren't back, went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angels had told them. 
The shepherds couldn't keep their mouths shut. They were like, this is incredible. God did this. The angel showed up. We went. The baby was there. Jesus is born. The Messiah is here. They told everybody. They started worshiping. They started praising. They weren't just going to, to say, okay, good news. Interesting. The angels told us and that we can now trust that the Messiah is here. No, they pursued the news. They went and they found Jesus and they found him in the manger just as was told to them by these angels and they became the first shepherd worship team. They traveled around from, you know, it's like they went around praising and sharing the news and it's like, oh, they were pretty good voices for shepherds. You know, next they find themselves as the character sheep on the mass Singer and, uh, you know, I wonder who's in the sheep. I bet it's one of those shepherd Kim Jong stands up and he goes, I know exactly who this is, you know. And if anybody watches that, that's just free entertainment right there. But they go on. There's more characters. Matthew 2, 1, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, and as was everyone in Jerusalem, he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Because remember, for hundreds of years, for generations, people have prophesied about the coming of this king who would bring peace to earth. And they said, in Bethlehem, in Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Right. Verse 9. In this uh, interview, the wise men, after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child and his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. These wise men literally followed God's lead by way of a star. Not only that, though, even through the obstacles and trying to figure out what exact city this was, they kept pursuing God until they found Jesus. And then when God spoke to them, they kept following God's lead. They kept pursuing God, even as Joseph and Mary kept pursuing God. And, and they knew Herod had some bad plans going on. They could sense it. God told them that. See, Herod was a little worried because a ruler had been born. Why disturb what he had? A good thing in charge, in leadership. This is now the whole nativity scene, right? We've got every character involved. The scriptures give us such a beautiful picture of what happened. But Jesus didn't, you know, just all of a sudden grow up and he was like Jack Jack and 
had magical powers and started running around on the bathwater. You know, started started doing things like parting the bathwater or like doing crazy God stuff as a kid and turning all the water in the house into wine. Jesus, stop it! You know, it wasn't like that. He grew up as a, a normal child, and Mary and Joseph had to keep listening to God and wondering, well, what, what next? Like, the baby's been born. He's now somewhere in between the age of one and two. These wise men show up and worship him. What now? Well, Matthew 2, 13, we'll, we'll, we'll land on our final text here. It says, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. They stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of when the star first appeared. That's kind of one of the most dark passages in the New Testament right there. Things were messy. I think sometimes we have this image of, I just can't relate to Jesus because it was peaceful and beautiful, this manger, and the cows probably sang, you know, the sheep were bang, and they were, they were all in tune, pitch perfect. The shepherds are there, the wise men are there. It was a little more confusing and chaotic than that. For all those other families, I don't think they thought Jesus brought peace, who lost their boys. It was painful. A price was paid for a savior to come into this world. And if it weren't for Joseph and and Mary still listening and following and pursuing God, Jesus would have made it to two. And you and I can experience peace in an instant, but if we don't keep pursuing, same thing, we'll lose that peace that God gave us as a gift. As if they would have lost Jesus, this gift to the world, had they not listened and continued to pursue God. I'm thankful for them. And 30 years later, Jesus paid the price for all of mankind's sin on a cross and rose three days later from the grave so that we could have this promise of salvation and eternal life, life to the full now. It's unreal. So I have a question for you. Do you have peace today? Do you feel like your life most resembles the tree or the snow or the lamp? Where are you at in in the scene of peace? And and no matter where you are, there's a promise for you. Philippians 4.7 says, You will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We need to live in Christ Jesus. We need to not only understand the whole nativity scene as we've read about today, a lot of text there to process, but we need to receive that. We need to embrace the fact that Jesus' life was for us 
and that we have peace through faith in that story. So our action point for this Christmas at Open Life is find peace in Jesus this Christmas. Find peace in Jesus. He came to give you peace. The angel said to Joseph in that dream, you are to name him Jesus, right? You are to identify him as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And that's what we have to do today, too. To say, Jesus, you are my peace. You are my Messiah. You are my Savior. And he'll guide you. He's faithful. He loves you. There's no situation too messy for his peace to just come in and be present with you and walk through the chaos with you. I want to pray for each of us today. And I want to pray that we could respond to God today in in a place of just what a beautiful story of peace you unfolded for us. In humility going, God, someone as messed up as me, you would come and bring peace into my life. He changed my world. I want you to experience that same fulfillment today. Can you stand with me as we pray today and thank God for what he's brought us in Jesus? God, it's so humbling to consider that you sent your one and only son for us just as was foretold over generations by way of the Virgin Mary. So many lives were impacted by this journey Jesus had to go through to be born and stay alive and get to his earthly ministry. And I pray that, God, you would allow us to grasp the depth of your love to go to such a price for us so that we could have peace. And God, if there are some of us here that have yet to ever enter into that moment where we say, okay, God, I'm gonna, I am going to start a relationship with you and I'm gonna have this initial moment of peace today by inviting you into my life as my savior. What I did on June 6, 1993, I pray that some would have the courage to do right now and invite you into their life simply by saying, Jesus, I choose to follow you today. It's my Lord and Savior. I'm gonna follow your lead and I'm gonna keep pursuing you. I wanna grow in a relationship with you and experience this peace that I've heard about today that's still active today even though it began 2,000 plus years ago. God, I pray that people would have a fresh experience of following you today and they would transform their Christmas This would be a total different hall. Every nativity scene they see, they would get it. They would understand the price each of those characters went through in order for your peace to reach us today. God, I thank you for it. Thank you for your story. Pray your covering over us that we would have incredible holidays. We choose to follow you and worship you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's worship him and Jaden.